Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 through 66. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue freed and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our coming Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The time had finally come for Elizabeth. Despite her age, she had managed to carry her baby for nine months and was now ready to deliver. And when she did finally give birth to a healthy baby boy, all of her friends and relatives rejoiced along with her that God had shown her such mercy. I'm sure there must have been quite a celebration that went on for the next week after the baby was born. And just as we do, they all began to wonder what they were going to name the child. So when the baby was eight days old, they all went together to the temple in Jerusalem so that he could be circumcised, which is also when he would receive his name. And when the time came, everyone shouted out together, Zechariah, almost as if it were a toast. For surely they would name the boy after his father, as so often was done. After all, Zechariah had waited long enough to have a son. And it would be especially appropriate considering the meaning of Zechariah's name. God will remember. Isn't that what this baby signified? That God had not forgotten about them, but that, but that in his mercy, he had remembered them and answered their prayer? But Elizabeth said, nope, he is to be called John. And everybody was confused because nobody in their family had ever had that name. And so they all began motioning to Zechariah to try to get him to let them know what it was that he wanted to name the boy. And so Zechariah motioned back for them to give him something to write on so that he could let them know. For you see, Zechariah was unable to speak. If you recall from several weeks ago, when the angel Gabriel visited Zechariah in the temple, 
and let him know that, that his prayer had been heard and that they were going to have a son, Zechariah responded with great skepticism. And as a result, Zechariah was rendered unable to speak until the promise was fulfilled. Now, it's also likely that Zechariah was unable to hear during that period. And that's why they had to motion to him to try to find out what he wanted to name the boy. So for the last nine months, Zechariah had lived in silence, marveling at the way his life had been turned upside down and at the mysterious ways of our God. Throughout the pregnancy, Zechariah still had a hard time believing that the angel was as good as his word, even as he watched his wife's belly growing as visible proof. Every morning when he would wake up, he'd reach over and place his hand on Elizabeth's stomach just to assure himself that it was all real, that they truly were going to have a child. And there was just so much he wanted to, to say to Elizabeth, so much he had to share with her, but, but he could not. So he simply watched this growing miracle in silence. You know, silence can be a funny thing. Movie theaters tell us that silence is golden, but most of us tend to try to avoid it at all costs. And we even use sound machines at night so that we can drown out the deafening silence so that we can sleep. Silence is just hard for us to deal with, especially in a world that never seems to stop or we're constantly being bombarded with one kind of noise or another, even if it's just the buzzing and beeping of our cell phones that we can't ever seem to put down. You know, before I went to seminary, I lived in New York City for six and a half years. It truly was the city that never slept. I mean, they were police sirens and taxicab horns and delivery trucks and barking dogs and who knows what else sounding off throughout the night. And during the day, there was a, a cacophony of noise that became almost a kind of music that matched the, the frantic rhythm of movement that was always going on all around you. I remember when I used to go back to Pittsburgh to visit friends, that I was always so amazed at how quiet everything seemed. I mean, it was, it was almost uncomfortable. After all, that noise has a tendency to drown out all the fears and anxieties that run around in our heads, making it easier for us to avoid certain issues and realities, ghosts and demons we would rather not have to face, including the God who so often speaks to us in the silence. And maybe that's one of the reasons we love the Christmas season so much, because Christmas has a noise all its own. And everywhere we go, we hear Christmas bells ringing and holiday music playing, especially as we're running around doing the consumer dance, frantically trying to find gifts for all of our coworkers and in-laws. There are festive parties and reunions to attend where we get together with friends we wish we could spend more time with and relatives we wish we could spend less time with. <laughs> we sing Christmas carols and shout Merry Christmas to complete strangers. Even while we celebrate 
the incarnation of God into this world, we distract ourselves from the implications of its coming with all the noise and frenzy. And maybe like Zechariah, we do that because we still have a hard time believing that the news is really true. That in Jesus Christ, God himself is now always with us. Or maybe we believe that, but we're not quite sure what it means for our lives if we're even really happy about it. After all, if Jesus is truly God, then that means that we can no longer create God in whatever image we prefer, usually our own, but often also the personification of our political party's platform. It also means we can no longer pretend that our lives and all of our resources are solely our own to do with as we please, or that our own happiness is life's ultimate goal. And if God truly is now always with us, what does that mean for those of us whose lives haven't exactly been sprouting halos? Now maybe, maybe we surround ourselves with all the noise and busyness at Christmas, because it's our way of hiding from the God who in Jesus Christ has come to find us. For we just feel so vulnerable and so exposed in the silence. Of course, there are many moments in our lives where life itself creates a silence from which we simply cannot hide. This is the silence that comes when you're gathered around the bedside of a loved one who is deathly ill. The silence that, that takes your breath away when the lab results come back with frightening news. The silence that settles over you like a blanket when you stand at the graveside of someone you loved. The silence that fills your home at night because there's no one else there to talk to but memories. The silence that fills your car as you're driving home from dropping your child off at college for the first time. Even the silence that pierces your heart as you stare in speechless silence at the newborn baby asleep in your arms. Sometimes there are just no human words that will do. Sometimes there's just the silence. And for the last nine months, Zachariah had been living in that silence. But during that time, he'd begun learning how to pay attention. For when you cannot speak or, or even hear, you've got little else to do but watch and learn. And even at his age, Zachariah still had a lot to learn about God. But one thing he did learn is that our God is faithful, that God does remember us and that we have a gracious God. And that's what John's name means after all. God gives grace. So when everyone motioned to Zechariah to let them know what to name the boy, he immediately took the writing tablet and wrote, his name is John, exactly as the angel had instructed him. For Zechariah was just so overwhelmed with gratitude at the grace that God had given him. And everyone was amazed. And immediately, right at that moment, 
Zechariah's silence was broken, and he lifted up his voice, shouting praises to God. When Zechariah's voice suddenly returned, fear came over all of their friends and neighbors. After all, miraculous events like these could only mean that God himself was at work in their midst, and that made them very nervous. Remember, before John, there had not been a prophet in Israel for centuries. No word from the Lord, just radio silence. But now it was evident that, that God was on the move once again, and his hand was on the family of Zechariah. And so everyone began to ask, what then will become of this child? You know, I find it interesting, if you've been paying attention the last few weeks, that in each of these past four passages that we have read, somebody asks a question. You know, first Zechariah asked the angel, how will I know that this is so? Then Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I'm still a virgin? Elizabeth then asked, why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? And now all the people ask, what then will this child become? You know, Christmas has a tendency to do that, to stir up questions in our hearts, often questions for which no human words seem to be sufficient. Questions like, why me? Or what happens to our loved ones when they die? When will my grief finally be gone? What is heaven like? And for that matter, what is God really like? Does my life have any real purpose? Why isn't God answering my prayer? Will God truly remember me as Zechariah's name promises? Will God truly forgive me of all that I have done and give me grace? as John's name promises? Again, this is why we tend to distract ourselves with all the noise, so that we do not have to face these questions that carry us deep into the silence that is too loud for our hearts to bear. But the good news of Christmas is that God refused to let the silence have the last word. And six months later, on a silent holy night in nearby Bethlehem. Another son would be born to us, a child given to us, and he too would be given a name. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, but his name shall be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. For indeed, God has remembered us. And when our souls cry out with questions for which no human words will do, God himself breaks through the silence as his word of grace becomes flesh and dwells among us. And when the silence is forever broken in the incarnation, the angels themselves couldn't help bursting out into songs of joy and praise. For now, humanity is no longer alone in the silence. 
But we have a Savior who is God with us, who will never forget us or forsake us, and who will not let the silence have the last word. For in the birth of his Son, God speaks to us words of hope, peace, joy, and love that will continue to echo throughout the centuries, inviting all of us to come out from wherever it is we're hiding and receive life. For his final word is grace, whose name is Jesus. And when you hear and believe this incredible news, that in Jesus Christ, God has given you grace, the only question left to answer is how will you now live in response. Amen.